0: www.bottlenecktobreakthrough.com. This is the Real Bottom Line, a podcast about entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. I am Wendy Brookhouse, your host and founder of the Total Wealth Accelerator, where we help cash-rich entrepreneurs develop true wealth. Today on the show, we're talking to Roxanne Tate. She is the owner of Tate Engineering in airtight spaces. Roxanne has an amazing story. In the last 10 years, she has built her company from just herself to 18 people working inside. Some of the things we talked about was the importance of values and how she uses values to help her with everything in her business, and also what it's like to work with your partner in life and business. It's a great episode, so I'll help you tune in.
1: This is The Real Bottom Line where we tell entrepreneurial stories about true grit and perseverance from frontline business owners
0: themselves. Now, let's get started. Hello, and welcome to The Real Bottom Line. Today, we're so lucky to have Roxanne Tate from Tate Engineering as our guest. Welcome, Roxanne.
1: Thank you, Wendy.
0: So, Roxanne, you uh, run an engineering firm. So, you are a woman in a male dominated thing and you've started your own business in it as well how did you become go from being employed to self-employed what was that journey like for you
1: oh well it's an interesting journey um it it started when really when i started my family and so you know working full-time having small children it can be challenging to balance that uh, work and life and I also had a fairly long commute. So when I was employed, I negotiated a remote work arrangement, which was fairly unique at that time in the manufacturing sector.
0: Mm.
1: Uh, yeah, so I had a good balance, a couple of days at home, a couple of days in the office. And then my second child came along and we shifted the scale, a little more time at home, a little less time in the office. And by the time our third child rolled around, our first was starting school. Yeah. And the idea of her getting to school, something happening in the middle of the day, and having an hour commute to get to her was just de- devastating. So yeah, I knew I had to do something differently. Um, Marie and I were also wanting to advance our careers. We're very driven individuals. And uh, it wasn't something that I'd always thought of. You know, when I was a little kid, I didn't say, I'm going to own my own business. It's going to be spectacular, and I'm going to be an engineer. <laughs> I played to my strengths over time and, and uh, we decided that it was a, that was a good opportunity to do it. Um, he was still gain, gainfully employed. Um, so I took the time while I was on maternity leave with baby number three and started the business. Uh, that's how we got going. So it was a bit of a- so It was, it a was from
0: of- almost a bunch of circumstances coming together that yeah. um, it was a it was a lifestyle choice at the time. Yes. Okay, cool. Because we fast forward. So, how many years now have you been running Tate Engineering?
1: Just about 10. In March, we'll be celebrating 10 years. Yeah.
0: Congratulations. That's quite a milestone. And you've grown the company along the way. So, how many, you went from just yourself. That's right. How many people work there now?
1: Excluding Murray and me, we have 16 employees.
0: So, 18 people altogether if you count the leadership team. That's right. When did your husband join you in the business? Your husband, Murray, joined as well. At a certain mm-hmm. point, he left the game for yeah. employment and came over to the dark side of entrepreneurship. That's right. That's right. Um,
1: so uh, he joined uh, for about 18 months. Um, oh, that so, fast? Yeah, it was fairly quick. And uh, I hadn't fully recovered my salary at that point in time. So it was a bit of a, you know. The time was right for him as well, Uh, the opportunities that were coming forward for us. And so it made sense from that point of view. Uh, It was a little scary, though, dropping down to a fraction of our family income. And uh, at the same time, we put an addition on the host for the office that I was chatting with you about earlier.
0: Oh, my God, that's awesome. So you've done, you're an engineering company, uh, and you've done some pretty, you guys have been involved in some really cool projects. Like, The, the new convention center uh, helped project manage that sucker. Like that is a big job for a small company. So it feels like you've been punching above your weight since the beginning. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. Like to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Quiet but mighty. Uh, your most recent project I saw was that you were involved in the uh, Peggy's Co viewing that's platform. Cool. Um, what did you do for them? Cause that's a pretty awesome project.
1: Yeah, so um, the project was fairly well underway when we got called in, uh, they were having some changes internally at develop Nova Scotia, and they needed some support, taking the project across the finish line. Uh, so they connected with us and uh, Murray joined their team and supported them getting uh, driving the work forward really on site was uh, primary focus of his. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's awesome. It, it, it ha- Tell me about, how do you feel when you drive by a project you were involved in? Like, how does that feel knowing that you contributed to something? And these are usually fairly large projects.
1: That's great. Um, it's, it's unbelievable, really. It, you know, you step back and you look at it you're like, wow, we, we played a role in that, like iconic, the Nova Center for the province. It's just an iconic project. And to think our name is involved in that is really, it's really awesome, you know, and it, gives us, I guess, um, you don't always get a pat on the back when you're an entrepreneur. So that's your pat on the back.
0: <laughs> Seeing that it's actually physically built. No, it's physically
1: you did people are enjoying it. The owners are happy. That's, that's our pat on the back.
0: If we see you hugging the Nova Center, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just her getting love back from her projects, okay. That's
2: good. <laughs>
0: um, engineering is such a broad field what does Tate Engineering do for their clients? Like how do, you must get called all the time for stuff you don't do, but what do you do?
1: Yeah. So um, we're problem solvers and in the core of what we do is we're solving complex problems for building owners and operators. Okay. And so our focus is on buildings and we're working with clients from concept, help them develop their design, get the building constructed, and then through operations we can provide support. And we really want to uh, push the envelope and move things forward on net zero energy and net zero carbon buildings so we take time to educate our uh, clients on those options, total cost of ownership, things like that, and help them make better decisions for their
0: bottom line. Oh, that's exciting. I love hearing bottom lines. (laughs) Um, Okay. So that's interesting. And you've built along the way. So you've gone from basically one to Mm -hmm. 18. Tell me about what you've learned about hiring people in the last 10 years. Oh goodness gracious. And we only have a few minutes. That's joking. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Isn't that the
1: truth? It's incredibly difficult to hire people. Yeah. And it's even more difficult to hire good people. And if anything, I've learned that it's most important to hire the right attitudes and personalities, people who share most of the values that you also share. Um, You don't want them to be identical. You need them to have varied skill sets, but mostly you're hiring for fit and and can they be developed into a position? Um, A lot of staff come with either no experience or some experience that needs to be untrained or refined. So there's always training and onboarding involved um, but if you don't have the right attitude and that, that right person, it's it's not going to work.
0: How do so, you know that they have the right attitude? do you Do you have a, uh, do you have like your favorite? Do you have some favorite questions you ask in your interviews or like how do you figure that out? Yeah, um,
1: up to this point, honestly, we've run through a lot of trial and error. We are still fine tuning our hiring process. Um, we've slowed things down a bit, taking a little more time up front to get to know somebody. Uh, it can be challenging when you have a position to fill and it feels like you need it filled immediately,
0: yes.
1: uh, to step back and take your time, take a really long time to get to know the person a little better. Um,
0: so how many interviews would you do to, ha- or how many conversations do you have before you're comfortable?
1: I like to have the first one is always a phone call. Okay. I think that's important to understand how they present themselves over the phone without seeing you um, you know there's other distractions you might not be aware of so if they're ticking away on their computer stuff you can tell those things so there's all sorts of things you can tell from that um, and then we'll have usually two interviews after that okay yeah
0: you have a zoom interview now as well just to see check that out <laughs> That's right. That's
1: right. <laughs> yeah. Hiring during this period of time has been even more difficult because, I mean, we can do the Zoom meetings, but it's a little different in terms of getting that body language mm. and real sense of the individuals.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, so, we like to the-
1: ask them about their personal interests as much as their technical abilities.
0: Okay. Just see what there is. As- but you want to see the whole person, not That's just right. the work person. You got it. Um, we hear a lot about a war on ta- war for talent, uh, mm. talent shortage. Um, are you feeling that right now? How are you combating that?
1: Yeah, no, we're feeling it just about as much as everybody else. That's for sure. Um, combating it is, uh, I'm not sure how we're combating it and overcoming it. We're trying to be really clear in what our job description is. Yeah. Um you know where uh, we offer good benefits, we offer competitive wages, uh, and a challenging work environment. So if somebody's interested in what we do and they're a good fit, we bring them on board. But we can't we can't make people up. <laughs> <That's the problem. laughs> so we I mean we have some positions that you have 50, 60 applicants, and other positions you might only have half a dozen. Right. And it, it just it plays to the talent pool that's out there in that particular field.
0: Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, the the great retirement, are you benefi- benefiting from that concept that we're hearing about, where people are leaving their jobs from years because they want to do something different or do it differently?
1: Yes. <laughs> oh,
0: excellent. There are, there
1: are definitely benefits to that, yeah.
0: Okay, cool. Um, so, Roxanne, you, like I, mm-hmm. work with your husband. Yes. Tell me, are there a set of rules or a set of guidelines that you guys utilize to maintain a personal and business relationship?
1: Um, yeah, we've we've worked hard over the past ten years to really define our roles in in both family and business. Um, and then when we feel either one is kind of moving into the other, we're just like, hey, this is this is where where I'm responsible. This is my authority level, if you will, and that handles yeah. that kind of kind of situation and uh ending the day and making a good transition from your work day to family time and home time Mm. is a really really important part because working with your spouse um it can really muddy the waters and next thing you know it's work 24 7 and where did family go A large part of our reason for starting the business was to have more time with our family, more flexibility and control over our personal lives. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to keep that in mind on a a regular basis. And we do the best we can.
0: Do you feel like you kind of, did you have like distinct conversations about what you wanted your roles to be? Um, Or was it something that kind of showed itself and became natural? Like, is there?
1: We both have uh, natural abilities that complement one another which is part of why I think it works so well. Okay. And um, I don't think our top strengths are competing with the other individual's top strengths. Do you know what I mean?
0: You got a little yin and yang going on. That's right. Oh, yeah. that's perfect. Okay, cool. Um, now, recently in the last, I, I find time has evaporated for me, Roxanne, so I'll probably get the timeline wrong, but you guys um, acquired the rights to um, arrow tight, Is that correct? Hmm. So, Arrow barrier, barrier we, burial, yes,
1: and we operate is, under the name airtight spaces. There.
0: So I mixed them together for you. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> um, so, question for you was: you must get presented opportunities all the time. Yes. So, do you have what is your method for assessing out an opportunity? What do you look at to decide is this the opportunity for me?
1: The first thing I look at is whether it's aligned with our strategy as a business. Okay. You know, is it is it related to buildings? Is it related to high performance buildings, construction and improving that whole process for for our clients? That's the first step uh, alignment. Uh, And then I evaluate the financial opportunity related to it.
0: Do you if have a may- threshold that you said it must contribute this much to my bottom line, or I'm prepared to invest this much, or are you looking for a certain return on your investment?
1: I would be looking for a certain return in a certain period of time. And I evaluate every opportunity differently because I know each has a d- different potential to create revenue. So I don't have a fixed, this is my number I need to pay back in two years. I have okay. flexibility because it is also based on the values that it, the value of the opportunity can then bring to our clients as
0: well. Okay. So you look at it from a myriad of ways. You're looking at for fit with you and your values and your, and your uh, strategy as a business,
1: you're Mm -hmm. looking
0: for a fit with your clients and you're looking for a fit from the numbers.
1: That's right.
0: Do you have an outer limit that it must return at a certain rate of return by X date? Like, do you say I can be patient, but it must be five years or I can be patient, but
1: that's right. Um, Five years is yeah, that's my comfort level. Uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> I'm not going beyond that.
1: A month here or there is not a big deal. Um, but yeah, I don't. I'm not going to invest something at this point in time that's going to push out to ten years before I start to see a return. Right. I'm comfortable with the five year.
0: One of the things that I've noticed, Roxanne, as you grow your business, is you're so you're very deliberate about that. How have you instituted or what strategies? Do you utilize to maintain that discipline uh, on your growth, so that you're not growing too fast?
1: Interesting question. <laughs> it's um, it is interesting that you that you ask that question because uh, sometimes we we will take an opportunity and we'll go with it and we'll catch up to it. And okay. I tell me what
0: that means. Catch up to it.
1: We don't have maybe we don't have all the resources in place to be able to. To deliver it when we say yes. And then we're building the team to get up to it. And I think that's part of growth and being in a high growth period of time. There's a lot of uncertainty. Yeah. Um, getting comfortable with uncertainty quickly is pretty important. Um, although it's hard on the head too. <laughs> <It's gross>. <laughs> <laughs> it sure is. Um, and it's it's part of it is evaluating those opportunities in advance. And, and saying, all right, like, this is what we've got coming forward. These are the other things that we want to do and taking the pieces and developing a strategy moving forward. Mm. These are the, this is what we need to do, A, B, and C. We think we're going to need these hires and, and have that plan, but also being flexible at the same sense, because in the last two years, we've seen things have been very, um, very dynamic and we've had to pivot a number of times on like one particular project. Direction has changed. And so adapting to that is, uh, is a bit challenging because it'll often can take resources from other areas. So then it affects the plan that we had. And uh, yeah.
0: How often are, do you evaluate uh, and look at your numbers, Roxanne?
1: I look at my numbers a lot. Uh, at a minimum, I'm doing a monthly Review of the total cash flow and my specific metrics, uh, but you know I'm checking cash flow really routinely on a, on a weekly basis.
0: Okay, um, tell me about sales. How are you doing sales?
1: Sales are like most effective
0: a place to do sales. I don't, you know what I mean. Like I don't associate sales with engineering.
1: <laughs> no, no. Sales is an interesting uh, concept. So I had no experience in sales when I started the business. Absolutely zero. And, um, I connected with, um, Sandler sales, you know, Eric, right. Yeah. And I did uh, some training with him and it was really, um, life-changing if you will. Oh, tell me more. Well, the tips and the tricks and just understanding the process that selling is, um, it's relationship building. Yes. It's getting your, yourself to the position in that relationship where they trust you Um, the no like trust concept and and all of those things so getting the training was really important to me and uh, just understanding it it is about the relationship and taking the time to build those relationships and that's predominantly how we do business development
0: through the relationships you've developed
1: that's right Hmm. and after you have a relationship with someone that'll open up and then you get to really understand what their true problems and pains are and then you can help solve and that's how you get referrals too which are really important.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. I suspect that that community is quite tight yes. in terms of in small. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, cool. And one of the things I did wanna talk about is mm. how other investments that you've made over time. Um, we, we chatted about this a little bit before the interview was talking mm-hmm. about, for there was a while there that you were doing, investing into real estate. Yes. What took you into that?
1: Okay, so our first investment in real estate was um, before we had the company. Okay, and the reason we went into it is an opportunity came up. We we were thinking about it. We wanted us something else, diversify our portfolio. So real estate is safe. Let's try that. Uh, let's get a rental property, and we agonized almost two years before we bought our first one. And the opportunity came forward. It was a good price, needed some renovation work. Murray's really handy with his hands. So he was able to do the work and voila, we're landlords. So that was the first one. And part of it too was we thought, okay, well, we've got children and that's a good investment opportunity. So that was really the motivator was get these houses in the future. That'll help us pay for their education. If we choose to give them a place to stay, if they need a leg up or, you know, it'll play into our retirement. So there were lots of things we could do with it. Mm-hmm. Um and then we we were into it. So we said, okay, let's get another, let's get another. And by the time we had three, we were at that point. We had three buildings, six units in total, and we had to make a decision. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> a a <laughs> real landlord, or you get out of it <laughs> because there are a lot of headaches.
0: Okay. What did you learn? What did what did you find that you didn't expect being uh in property investors? Yeah. I think
1: um the biggest thing we learned was that as a landlord, you don't have a ton of leverage Mm -hmm. if you have a problem tenant. And over the course of the, I'm gonna say about eight years that we had these properties, we had two units nearly completely destroyed and the cost to do the repair work pretty much ate up any profit that we had. Right so that was my biggest lesson as a landlord is you can screen your tenants you can get references inevitably you're going to have one or more that are just not fantastic
0: not respectful that's right and that's you possible. can't you don't
1: have anything at the end of the day there's nothing you can do
0: right so you got out did it did you we feel did. good when you got out of that
1: i felt great <laughs> really did.
0: They ah! were up, yeah they were taking up a lot of our
1: personal time and you think you, you go away on the weekend to enjoy time with your family in a campground, you don't want to get a call from a tenant. Right. And as I said, we weren't big enough to have a property manager take care of them for us. So we were still doing all the work ourselves. So yeah, we were very relieved to uh, move those properties.
0: When you look back over the last 10 years, Roxanne, mm-hmm. what, um, what is your biggest challenge you faced?
1: The last 10 years? Wow. Um, transitioning. Myself from uh, being an engineer to being a business owner. I'm still, it's still a work in progress. Um, mm-hmm. Naturally, I think it will be forever. But yeah. that transition from my role as an employee to being a business owner has been, it's been challenging.
0: Well, if you were to put, could you put your finger on one of the biggest shifts you had to make in your mind? Like, it's a big shift to go from employee to owner. So, yeah. um, Can you think of what you wish you could have shifted faster?
1: Um, I think if, yeah, and it goes back to, yeah, if I could have shifted up to the vision, the having that big high level vision, instead of being in the weeds daily, doing the work, getting it done, uh, if I could have made that shift up faster, I think it would have accelerated the growth of our company sooner.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. Um, How did you figure out your vision?
1: It goes back to core values and what we're really good at. (laughs) Combining
0: the the two. So the combo of that. Yeah. That's interesting. Is it an exercise that you did um, like uh, discreetly? Like you're like, okay, someone said I need to have a vision. So I'm going to go have a vision now. (laughs)
1: <laughs> initially, initially, and then, and then we had a team. So you can start picking their brains on things like asking them questions. And what is the t- it's important to know the type of work and the type of projects that your team wants to be involved in, and, you know, making sure the values are aligned. And so we would pick their brains and and get some ideas. And it's, it's quite interesting. Some of the things they come up with, it doesn't mean you take them all and move them all forward at the same time, but having a different perspective has been really valuable.
0: Absolutely, one of my favorite quotes is, "If you work with a yes man, one of you is redundant." Yes. How <laughs> oh, true. Um, what has uh, been your biggest accomplishment that you would that you say you put your hat on as a business owner?
1: Uh, wow.
0: <laughs> Listen, I'm Hi. making you brag about yourself, Roxanne. This is something you have to do. <laughs> You know,
1: um, honestly, I have to say building from zero to nearly 20 employees in 10 years, I think is pretty sweet.
0: That's pretty amazing, actually. It's pretty awesome. Um, I'm going to open it up for questions now. Um, okay. just, just unmute yourself and let me know you have a question. Um, if you want to have any. Oh, Robert, here he comes. <laughs>
3: Thank you, Wendy. Actually, I'm glad I could make it today because this is using my dog walking time, eh? In, uh, oh, great. A long time since I've been back. Eh? And I'm glad I came today because I'm in a similar business as Roxanne, right, which is building services, but a very specific field of indoor air quality. And um, and I got to ask Roxanne one question because she just to let you know, Wendy, everything she said in this coming from the same engineering industry is dead on. I'm telling uh, you, like, no, it's dead on. Uh, Absolutely everything she said. I was just like, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense because to grow an engineering business is really difficult. And I've been doing it for myself for 15 years, right? And it's really hard. But one thing I've always struggled with all the time, and she's Roxanne will understand this question is how much cash flow do you keep in the bank in current uh in your current bank account per employee? Like do you keep three months worth of cash flow, six months worth of cash flow, nine months or a year? I'm very conservative. So I like to keep six months or more, but it, yeah. it, it really hurts your growth is the problem, right? So what do you yeah, do for that?
1: It can affect that. And um, I've been targeting the six-month runway for a number of years, and we secured that this year. So I'm really happy with that. But yes, a six-month is what I like to have on hand, at least.
3: Yep. Yeah. Well, that's good because that, that's very conservative and if you can grow from zero to 20 people with six months it's like absolutely amazing absolutely amazing right so I'm a, I'm really impressed actually very very impressed to hear this right so and I'm going to reach out to you Roxanne on, on LinkedIn just to, I'll do an introduction and maybe sometime we can have a chat because I'll tell you a little more about my business model late down the road but it's very specific to HVAC and our quality right so it's very Excellent. specific awesome. so, good.
0: Love thank it. you Robert
2: <laughs> Melanie do you have any quiet things that came up for you oh yeah um hi Roxanne that was really interesting I'm uh pleased um well pleased to hear of uh, the you being so open about the things that you struggled with you know transitioning from employee to entrepreneur mm-hmm. um, I'm curious about what do you see that maybe surprised you as an entrepreneur that actually helped you on your entrepreneurial journey either your own personal characteristics or experiences previously in your you know as an employee um do anything did anything kind of surprise you and you look back and like oh that skill there is actually really valuable to me as an entrepreneur Hmm.
1: that's a very interesting question um i think uh when I became an employer, having been an employee was really valuable. Um, knowing what your own personal experiences were and those of your peers uh, helps helps me formulate policies that I think are really beneficial to the staff.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I also think too. You know, you talked about engineers being problem solvers. That's
1: right. Oh um, yeah, for sure.
2: That's gotta play like huge and and having that balance between having a very methodical approach identifying the problem mm-hmm. understanding it like fully and then having the experience to you know what are the metrics we need to do what are the steps that we need to take yes
1: and that is right the training that i've had in engineering has been really valuable in terms of getting s- systemizing mm-hmm. business um, and moving things forward and um it definitely plays into my decision-making process. Great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh,
0: cool. Thank you. That's
2: awesome. You're
0: welcome. Roxanne, I feel like we've gotten so many good lessons from you today. Um, thank you for that. You're if welcome. there's anything, is there something that you, someone, a brand new business owner, mm-hmm. and what would you say to them to encourage them along the way? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just bringing this one on her, yes. <laughs>
1: To encourage them along the way. Um, that is, that's a really, really fantastic question. And um, I want to say just stay in there, yeah. stay in the game, keep at it. Uh, you know, if you're doing the right things, it's going to work.
0: That's awesome. Mm-hmm. I think that what I took away from today is the importance of knowing your values because they affect everything you do in your business, whether that is from hiring your next person to evaluating your opportunities. Um, So having a good handle and being able to articulate values is probably, it's feeling to me, Roxanne, is one of the things that has made it easy for you to go from one to 18.
1: I would agree with that,
0: yeah. Excellent. So I think that is what the real bottom line is today. Know your values.
1: Thank you for listening to The Real Bottom Line. This show is produced by Black Star Wealth. Executive producer, Wendy Brookhouse. To learn more about the show or to contact us, go to blackstarwealth.com.